0: 9.17 Monday the 19th of December and of course you're listening to uh, The Morning Run. Now a quick update on the FBM KLCI which is still in the red currently down 0.3% but in the meantime we're turning our attention to our friendly neighbours down south and taking a look at their stock market because the Singapore Times index uh, is one of the better performing markets. It is up four four 4.5% on a year to date basis. Now they did see some recent selling off which is roughly in line with other Asian markets of course, this has been due to recession fears.
1: And the key sector that has outperformed are the banks, which makes up nearly half of the index weight at about 50% and a key beneficiary of rising interest rates. The Fed said recently it expects to maintain a monetary tightening cycle for longer than the market had anticipated.
0: With 2022 already coming to a close, how should investors be thinking about their portfolios in Singapore? And what would be the common investment theme for the year ahead? Also, with interest rates in the US likely peaking in the first half of 2023, or even longer, should investors start to revisit... S-reets. For Thoughts on This, we speak to Jeff Howie, market strategist at the Singapore Exchange. Good morning, Jeff. Always good to speak to you. Now, Singapore looks set to be one of the best performing major Asian equity markets. It's up 4.5% on a year-to-date basis. What continues to drive this robust performance?
1: Well, yeah, good morning, Shanning, uh, Philip and Jansen. Uh, okay, so, so it's ranked... It definitely is the most defensive advanced economy benchmark this year. Uh, And it's quite considerable when you look at the SDI. It's on a total return basis, which includes reinvested dividends. It's up 8% versus a 16% decline for the FTSE developed index. And look, I think, as as you said just before, we are a global financial hub. Financial services are a crucial cornerstone to our stock market as well. So that trio of banks, they make up. Uh, not just close, as we said, forty-five percent of the STI, but they also make up twenty percent of our total market cap. They made made up this year even more than a quarter of the day-to-day daily stock market trading turnover as well. Um, so, so they they by comparison, when you consider we're in the mid forty percent of the STI global banks they comprise less than five percent of the tech heavy FTSE developed index so really what's what's helped make these banks and in turn the sti considerably defensive it was on the back of the higher interest rates. The trio of banks have reported eight consecutive quarters of quarter-on-quarter quarter net interest income growth. Uh, I think the combined third quarter net interest income was close to $7.5 billion, and that was up $1.3 sing billion alone from the second quarter. And at the same time, the trio have continued to grow their loan books uh, with middle single-digit percentage growth guidance. Um, as we said, tech sector mattered right from the outset of the beginning of the year. Our tech exposure in the STI is really limited to one provider of high-tech manufacturing services, whereas you consider the MSCI Singapore index, which does include two regional e-commerce plays, that declined 9%. So you can see sector composition is really super important when it comes to index index benchmarking, no matter what country you're looking at. Um, As of mid-December, that high-tech manufacturer in the STI, though, was among the 20 most defensive regional tech stocks with $2 billion, uh U.S. of market cap. And just one more th- further point, Shining. Um when you look at, the year that we've had our largest telecommunications play did lead the net fund inflows for the market right from the very beginning from the first quarter onwards and you also have a number of companies like that one that have been pursuing these strategic initiatives uh, to find ways to add shareholder value which of course has included the likes of acquisitions uh, importantly disposals um, and of course restructuring or pivots to new types of revenue streams uh, and we've seen a number of those companies also draw draw, draw net in, net fund inflows for the year. And Jeff, if we look at the year ahead, what are your expectations for the STI? Should investors still be focusing on the banks, which have been the winners, or is it time to shift out to some of the laggards like the REITs? Yeah, well, like our, our largest bank, um, you know, of course, with the banks being the mega sector, um, the, the CEO did highlight a few months, a couple of months ago, that the the loan pipeline still remains healthy and can again reach mid-single-digit growth next year, although there might be some uh, impact from the lower onshore borrowing costs in China that can obviously provide some moderation uh, in that in that regard, so he, I think he added that the net interest margin, which was at 1.9% in the third quarter, could reach uh, around two and a quarter percent by mid next year if you assume the Fed fund rate uh, peaks at 4.75%. Um, so so that's a, a, as a minimum. Uh, now those net interest margins, obviously, really determined by what. Uh, rate the banks pay on their liabilities versus of course the average rate they receive on their assets and that can contributes to the net interest income which as we said is growing considerably and it also um you know uh loan books also contribute <laughs> to the to the net interest income as well i should also mention net um the the non-interest income on the other hand is largely driven by fees and that's really um comes down to that highly competitive field for wealth management income, particularly in the region, um, and and in fact, that trio of banks—they're not just focused on Singapore. In fact, on average, just under sixty percent of their net revenue last year was actually reported to Singapore. Before our economy, and and to your. Um, you know, uh, point on REITs, Um, the Singapore economy, uh, four of the most resilient segments of our economy going into next year are construction, F&B services, real estate and retail trade. The thing is, though, those four segments, they only comprise less than 10% of our economy. But they are still very well re- represented by multiple companies and REITs in the Singapore stock market. So REITs have been, of course, the weakest performing global, uh, among the weakest performing global sectors this year, along with technology. But they, um, our, our REIT market does really, it is a global REIT hub now, and it does take global cues. Um, for instance, would you believe that since the end of 2019, the decline in the total return of our FTSE ST REIT index at minus 8.6% is identical to the declines of the FTSE Epronari developed index in sing dollar terms. So both indices, they've seen their respective price-to-book ratio is compressed by something like 20% over the last three years. Um, but five key topics for the REIT watchers going into the next year, the five will include uh, sensitivity to interest rates, their occupancy rates, rental reversions, and of course, those strategic initiatives matter as well. Like we said, acquisitions and fundraising uh, will be watched closely as well.
0: So Jeff, how does the China reopening, coupled with a global recession, you know, impact Singapore stocks?
1: Yeah, uh it, it matters a lot because we are such a trade centred economy so weakening global demand supply chain challenges operational cost pressures they are the key global themes expected to remain well in the spotlight next year and to remain relevant here Um, paralleling the global growth deceleration we're seeing um, globally we expect trade volume growth to also decelerate next year considerably and similarly our uh, non oil domestic export growth has decelerated um, something like from 12 percent last year to five percent for the first eleven months of this year, um, and the uh, weaker demand from China obviously has persisted from uh, since July. I think our our declines in exports to China were in the vicinity of thirty percent decline year on year for the last three months November, October, and September, and then in the vicinity of twenty percent for the two months before that. So China continues to rank as Singapore, and of course Malaysia's the world's um, uh, it ranks as the world's our uh, largest trading partner, China, from whatever perspective. And since that um, trade projection, however, in terms of decelerating trade next year, uh, even further down to 25 to 3% for global trade, I think what's important is Morgan Stanley has Predicted China will see a sharper than expected rebound in activity, and it's recently raised its GDP outlook from 5% to 5.4%. So, as we've seen in the recent weeks, uh, I'll say recent six, seven, eight weeks, mm. China's policy maneuvering. You've had the COVID rules to bolster the economy, you've had fiscal support to small businesses, supportive monetary policy, supportive uh, po- property market policy. So, among our most traded stocks with majority revenue to Singapore, you've got like Capital Land China trust neo hutchport holdings trust for instance keep pace with that 20% rally near thereabouts we've seen for the FTSE China 850 index right from the end of October to current and just one more point if i can add it uh pre covid one in five tourists to singapore actually did come from china oh. so the yeah so the optimization of its dynamic covid policy particularly for outbound um, uh Tourism will impact tourism flows to Singapore. So that impacts the likes of obviously Singapore Airlines, Ganting Singapore, Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, Ascot Trust, and Maple Tree, Pan Asia, just to name a few.
0: Okay, thank you very much for your time. That was Jeff Howie, market strategist at Singapore Exchange. Looks like it's going to be another positive year for Singapore. Up next, of course, is the 9.30am News Bulletin. That will be followed by Pressing Matters, where Shazana Mukhtar looks back at some of the key international headlines that caught our attention this year. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.